0: Assalamu alaykum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Good evening. You are listening to Radio Islam at WCEV 1450 AM Chicago. And I'm your host, Tariq Alamine. Radio Islam is a live call-in talk radio program airing every day from 6 to 7 p.m. Central. And we reach the world by streaming live at www.wcev.com. And you can also tap into all of our prior shows by logging on to radioislam.com. And if you haven't done so already, follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, sound, cloud, Instagram, all at the very same handle at RadioIslamUSA. And we'd love to hear from you, so feel free to give us a call tonight at 312. 312- Two four nine six zero two three. That's 312-249-6023. And tonight I'm going to be joined in studio by the impressive jack of all trades, engineer, producer, co-host Ibrahim Baig. But before we before we get into tonight's uh, show, we want to first ask that we keep those who are affected by Hurricane Harvey and are dealing with the devastation left by it in our prayers. And we also ask that we continue to give what we can toward their relief. Uh, We had Islamic Relief Fund uh, U.S. Representative Minhaj Hassan on last week to talk about their efforts on the ground and uh, what they plan to do and the different phases that they'll be working. And we want to continue to support them by donating. So you can just log on to Islamic Relief USA, uh, Google them, Uh, And you can see the donate button. It's right on the main page, right on their main page. Uh, Another organization that's doing great work right now is the Zakat Foundation U.S. Uh, We also had the pleasure of talking to their founders uh, last week. Uh, They just recently sent a, a semi loaded with much needed supplies to Houston. I believe they called it the Caravan of Love. And it was, I'm glad to say, successful in reaching its destination. So, you can also go to their page and see how, can su- how you can support their relief efforts as well. That's a God Foundation US. And if you're looking to support locally in Houston, there's uh, Masjid Wartha Muhammad. They're also receiving donations, and you can look them up on Facebook. And a nice and easy way to know you've got the right folks their Imam is Imam Dr. Wazir Ali. Who we also had the pleasure of speaking with, they are taking donations and they are serving the immediate community around the the masjid. So, uh, that being said, tonight we're going to continue our discussion on the repeal of DACA. Before we do that, uh, I'm going to uh, place before we go there. I'm going to play something that I normally would do at the end of a show, uh, at the end of an episode, or the broadcast, if you will. And put it at the beginning. And that is I'm going to share with us how we can take action, how we can express our uh, disdain and our outrage uh, and utilize our our agency to bring about some change, to let our elected officials know that we are not in favor of this administration's decision and that we want our elected officials to act in a timely and a responsible manner in addressing this uh, this issue. So I'm going to share with you some resources. Uh, The first uh, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a second to get a pen and a paper or to open up your contacts on your phone uh, and get ready to jot down this information. So for anyone who is affected um, by the president's repeal of DACA yesterday, who is looking for low cost legal assistance who is looking to find low-cost legal assistance in dealing with this, uh, with this uh, situation, you can dial the following number, and that is 630-524-4106. 630-524-4106. One more time, 630-524-4106. As I said, you can locate law co- low-cost legal representation to help through this process. So you may not need this yourself, but you may know someone who is affected and who this is going to be relevant to. Also, we're asking you, uh, yes, you, uh, the listener, we're asking you to contact your senator and urge them to enact permanent legislation that will address the immigration reality uh, that's been, frankly, that's been kicked down the road by successive administrations. We're asking you to call them, tweet them, Post on their Facebook pages, but tell them to get the job done. All right. They have six months. Now, it takes nine months for a human life to perform in the womb. So surely our legislators can solve this problem in six. At least we hope. Right. Maybe that's wishful thinking, but we're going to we're going to be optimistic and and hope that uh, what has not been done in the past can be done now. So for those of you in Illinois. You can call Senators Durbin and Duckworth. Senator Durbin, you can reach at 202-224-2152. That's 202-224-2152. And Senator Duckworth at 202-224-2854. That's 202-224-2854. Now, for everyone else... Because we realize that we have a broad and vast listening audience. So for those of you that are outside of Illinois, we're going to direct you to find your U.S. representative. And the way you do that is you log on to www.callmycongress.com. And there you can find your representative based on your address. That's www callmycongress.com. Um, the next is going to be by calling 202-224-3121. And there you can be connected to your representative or senators based on your zip code. Now, you may be provided with more than one representative based on your zip code. So keep that in mind. So if you don't know your congressperson, please wait to speak to the operator for assistance. Third thing we're going to ask, call House Speaker Paul Ryan. Call House Speaker Paul Ryan, right? We have to drop this exactly, uh, drop it at the feet of the person that is going to be responsible for calling this, calling this to a vote, getting this out of the House. And that's House Speaker Paul Ryan. You can call him at 202-225-0600, 202-225-0600. And tell them, tell them that Congress needs to pass a permanent solution to immediately protect all undocumented individuals, including but not exclusive to DACA recipients from deportation and provide a path to permanent legal status without increased enforcement. This is this is critical. So we don't want to just contact folks for the sake of contacting. We don't want to just tweet just for the sake of tweeting we want to make sure that there's a demand that's going along with our communication there is an ask that is involved with our uh with our reaching out so we want to we want the congress to do what they have not done like i said they've kicked this they've kicked this uh can down the road uh for successive successive em- uh, administrations and haven't dealt with it and now it's lying at our feet and i don't think that Any of us are surprised that this administration has acted in the fashion that it has, seeing that it came into being from its time on the on the campaign trail as as one that was looking to um, that engaged consistently. And we don't we don't even want to belittle the term dog whistle politics because it went way past dog whistle politics. It was very out. And the open. I had the opportunity to listen to some some of the uh, remarks that were made by now President Trump and then candidate Trump as he was on the campaign trail. And it was some of the most reprehensible and uh, ignorant and divisive language uh, and statements rhetoric that was made by him and just simply appealing to the lowest common denominator. Uh, appealing to uh, portions of our white American brothers and sisters who feel disenfranchised, who have been living in a segregated bubble, who have also been taken advantage of by corporate interests, by um, by a society that is comfortable in dealing with things in the fashion that they have, uh, and with this outdated idea of simply being able to identify as a as a white person and and realizing that that has no or it has a diminishing amount of collateral in a in a continuing uh, in a in a society that continues to become more and more diverse so these are folks who have been uh, in their minds they feel like they're being painted into a corner and he is he's spoken to them and he's addressed them repeatedly so none of us can really be surprised at his repeal at his as at his administration's repeal of daca so we mentioned yesterday that the dream might be turning into a nightmare right for nearly 800,000 young undocumented immigrants who have had the protection under daca right the deferred action childhood arrival i knew it would come back to me uh i slipped on it earlier Right. But they've had protection under this. And this was the signature piece of immigration policy enacted by former President Barack Obama and his administration. And this was passed through executive executive order. So even at that point, our Congress, our 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 Senate, our House of Representatives and our senators, uh, they were not able to take on the task of issuing comprehensive immigration Uh, legislation. Uh, And they bemoaned the fact that he took the action that he did. And though it was not full citizenship, it at least allowed for folks to live out in the light. It at least allowed for folks to be able to get a driver's license, to get a social security number, to have lawful employment. And when I say lawful employment, I mean employment where they have recourse when they are done uh, when they are treated inappropriately when they are treated wrongly by uh, by the folks that they work for and this is a a critical this is a critical element of what it means uh, to be able to work to work in a modern in a modern society to receive ethical treatment on the job and with one in one fell swoop, we're looking at a condition where the work that was protected, you know, being able to uh to, to get redress, uh, redress for wrongful termination or harassment or any other number of workplace issues, that is being pulled off the table. So there are huge ramifications just in that. But doc, as I said, it also provided opportunities for for, for, for the dreamers as they are called for them to be able to, to enroll in school, to go to school. And we, we know that education is a pathway for upward social mobility. It, it all it has always been. So since this news of the Trump administration's decision to end the program, communities across the country have began mobilizing in protest. So yesterday, right here in downtown Chicago, the Illinois Commission on Immigrant and Refugee Rights, ICER, they held a rally and a press conference uh, with the purpose of informing and educating its constituency about how this phasing out of DACA would take place and what recourse they had, and what they needed to do to avoid uh, to avoid the pitfalls that are inevitably uh, that inevitably accompany something like this. So there were walkouts in protest of the DACA decision. Uh, they've taken place on college campuses and high schools across the country. Uh, they've, been, they've been reported on in, uh, let's see, in, uh, in, New, in Denver, New Mexico, Albuquerque, and Chicago, with, uh, with many more likely to take place in the coming days and the coming months i'm I'm certain of it, so we also mentioned that Trump has moved away from this idea of repay of repeal and replace, which was a staple it was a staple of the rhetoric on the campaign trail with regard to the uh, Affordable Care Act or Obamacare. We're going to repeal and we're going to replace it with something that is better or something that basically Bluntly, something that is not tainted with the name or the legacy of Barack Obama. We're going to do away with it and we're going to come up with something else and it's going to work better and it'll probably be be the same thing, but at least it won't have the fingerprints of Barack Hussein Obama on it. But this decision with DACA to repeal it, Without any viable uh, substitution, without anything in place, this is a new model, and this model is repeal and see what happens. And this is a dangerous model because now hanging in the balance are the lives of roughly three quarters of a million people who have worked, paid taxes, gotten driver's license, and as I said, yes, gone to school. So as we think about this, as we really ponder and think upon the the ramifications of this, listeners, I think we're at a point where we can have some honest conversation, some honest dialogue. It's needed where we can admit what has gone right and what has gone wrong. Now, we've got a great slogan here in the United States. We have a great slogan. E pluribus unum, out of many, one. But the actualization of that has not worked out so well, has it? I don't think that anyone who has looked at the, not just the campaign trail rhetoric, but just looked at this this rise of what has been called the alt-right, what it, this rise of I shouldn't say the rise of because it's not something that has actually gone away. It never went away. But what we're looking at is something that now, a mindset that now feels that they they have been invited out into the light. This mindset now that says it is acceptable for us to come out and to espouse hate. It's acceptable for us to come out And to make a definition for what it means to be an American that looks like, that only looks like white America. Now, I recall something that at the time, Senator Barack Obama, he was a, I I believe this is when he was a junior senator, and he spoke at the Democratic National Convention. And he said, there isn't a red America. There isn't a blue America. There is the United States of America. And that was a moving, that was a moving moment, I think, for so many people, myself as an African American, to see someone who looked like me standing up and embracing this idea that despite the horrors, despite the mistakes, despite the tragedies, despite the pain that has taken place here in these United States of America, that he could paint a picture or he could he could verbalize a vision of the United States as a United States, not a fractured United States. And it's it's a it's a great vision. It's a great vision, but it's one that is really that this administration is attempting to undo. I mean, it's not to say and, and, and don't get me wrong. Uh, Don't get me wrong, people. Don't get me wrong, family. I'm not nearly one of those folks who think that racism went away with the election of President Obama. We know that that's not the case. Right. You'd have to be, you know, extremely naive uh, to believe anything like that. We know absolutely that is not the case. But many of us took comfort in the fact that we had someone who decades earlier had to fight for the right to vote had to fight for the right to participate in the electoral process and now to see that ascension to to our highest elected office in the land that was something that we all that many of us felt a, a great sense of pride in so to hear him say those words that there's not a red United States of America there's not a blue United States of America there is only The United States of America. That was a pivotal moment, a pivotal moment coming from one of the sons of America. That had been denied entrance into the American dream. That was a pivotal moment. So we fast forward and we look and we see where we're at right now with DACA. And there will inevitably be some who say, why should I care? What does this have to do with me when I have my own issues? I have my own concerns. I have my own fights. There may be some who, who would say, well, black folk are still receiving the brunt of oppression in these United States. Why should I concern myself with the plight of 800,000 immigrants? Why should I concern myself? with the injustice being done to them, when the injustice that has been done to me has been normalized. It has been overlooked. It has become a part of the structural foundation of these United States. Why should I care? There may be others, whatever the concern, whatever the the platform, whatever the, the issue, who feel that This instance, this time does not matter to them because their issues have gone unaddressed. Their issues have gone unresolved. They are still in the same space. The simple truth of the matter is that we are at a point where we have to reframe how we look at issues of resistance, how we look at issues of oppression and if we don't do that we will fall victim we will fall victim to our own individual interest our own individual fiefdoms our own individual hurts and transgressions and we will we will find ourselves pushed to the side by an organized An organized minority that does not represent the best ideals and the best, the highest expression of what it means to be a citizen of the United States. We will find ourselves picked off one by one when oppression becomes normalized, as it has, as it has become. Then we have a responsibility to undo that system. So DACA is not. This is not going to be the last affront. This is not going to be the last attack on um, on the other group. This is this is one attack that will be followed by another that will be followed by another. And until we see that there is a common narrative, there is a common strain of, of oppression, there is a common attack that has existed against all people who have been cast as the other, and until we respond in kind, then we're going we're to continue to deal with things uh, as we have been. So we had a caller yesterday, and she mentioned that as long as, and I'm paraphrasing, as long as we are focused solely on the aims of our individual identities, The identity politics, as long as we are doing and we are responding just in that fashion. Then we will not be successful in combating a an administration that is designed, that's whole basis is built upon uh, catering to that lowest common denominator. But that lowest common denominator is vocal. It is passionate. And it believes it believes in, 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 in what it says. Ridiculous uh, as, as it may be, they believe in it. So I've been doing a lot of yammering here, a lot of talking. And as I said, we're always interested uh, to hear from you, to hear your thoughts on how things are taking place, how things are shaking up, or shaping up, excuse me. We'd love to hear what you think. We love to, to hear how you think that not just as Muslims, because this is not a Muslim issue. It's not an immigrant issue. This is an this is an issue of the protection of the human person. This is an issue. This is about the human. This is about human dignity. This is about validation as a human being. And in one fell swoop with the repeal of DACA, anyone. Who looks like an immigrant. Whether you are third, fourth, fifth generation. Anyone who looks like an immigrant is now going to be feeling the effects of the suspicion, the seeds of suspicion that have been planted. And it's going to be far worse for those people who are living in states that are open, uh, that are that are anti-immigrant, that are anti-other. That's another way of just simply saying pro pro white. Right. So we understand that we have to we have to energize. ourselves. we have to respond to the call. So we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, uh, we'll continue the conversation and we'll see we'll see how we're going to move forward with this, because this issue is not going to go away. So we'll be we'll be back uh, with Radio Slime in just a minute. This is the sound of a flat-screen television hurled off a building. Now the new bike your kid wants. These are the things you could have all cast into oblivion. Because when you throw away money on wasted electricity, you throw away everything you could have bought with it. Use ENERGY STAR light bulbs and appliances, and you could save hundreds of dollars a year. Saving energy saves you money. Learn more at energysavers.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council.
1: You're so annoying. You're so annoying. Stop copying me. Stop copying me. Mom, tell her to
0: stop copying me. Mom, tell her to stop talking to me.
2: Kids will spend 10 minutes copying everything their sibling says. You're
0: such a doofus. You're such a doofus.
2: How about two minutes to brush their teeth? Brushing for two minutes now can save your child from severe tooth pain later. For fun two-minute videos to watch while brushing, visit twomin2x.org. Two minutes, twice a day. I have the time. Mom! Mom. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Mouths, Healthy Lives, and the Ad Council. In the streets below, traffic had stopped. Pedestrians were lying on sidewalks and curled up in doorways. There was no sign of violence, no wrecks, nothing like that. It was as if the people in New York had simply decided to stop whatever they were doing and pass out. Ice coated my stomach. The invasion has started. To find out what happens next, read Percy Jackson and the Olympians by Rick Reardon. Explore new worlds and check out more cool books at your local library. And visit read.gov. Brought to you by the Library of Congress and the Ad Council.
1: A boy born in Joplin, Missouri, was fascinated by anything with wheels and a motor. The odds of him going on to fascinate millions with his talent, 1 in 260,000. The odds of him having 15 career NASCAR victories, 1 in 1.7 million. The odds of a child being diagnosed with autism, 1 in 88. I'm Jamie McMurray, and my niece has autism. Learn more at autismspeaks.org slash signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council.
2: Radio Islam The nation's first daily live call and talk radio show Produced by Muslims for the mainstream market Radio Islam On the air since 2004 Because of your generosity Radio Islam salutes its most valuable asset You, our listener From our producers to our interns We appreciate your support Thank you
0: Welcome back Welcome back You're listening to Radio Islam at WCEV 1450 AM Chicago We reach the world by streaming live At www.wcev.com And you can also check out prior episodes At radioislam.com And also Download podcasts at SoundCloud Our handle there Is Radio Islam USA So We want to also give you our number again. Our number is 312-750-1178. I think I might have actually been giving out the wrong number. So you'll forgive me for that. Uh, As most of you who are diehard listeners know, this is just my second week on the job. So I'm going to get the phone number right. Uh, Hopefully that'll be the last time I give you the wrong number. So uh, we're talking about... We're talking about DACA. All right. Deferred action, childhood arrival and its repeal. But, yeah, so we're talking about we're talking about the repeal of DACA by the Trump administration uh, and what it means and how and how Americans are responding, how we are responding uh, to this. And this is a call to action. And there's there's something there was a story, basically, which. Had a man who continued to go through trial after trial, and after each successive trial, he would always say, There is good in this, there is good in this, and it worked out at the end. Um, it all, all these things served as stepping stones for him to actually have more than he had at the beginning of his journey. So I'm going to, in that spirit, I'm going to say that there is good in this. There is good. There's good to be found in a president that who is supposed to represent or is supposed to have some hmm, some semblance of a moral compass that can be a reaffirming presence, you know, for the country. That can represent us in a way that that speaks to our highest moral aspirations, but instead, chooses to devolve into division. Uh, instead, you uh, chooses to surround himself with elements that are not that are not that don't promote inclusiveness, that don't promote diversity, that don't promote this idea of e pluribus unum, this idea of out of many, one. So, and the good thing about that is that it it calls it calls all of us it calls all of us to come together and to look at one another and to see to see the humanity to see our common footing our common struggle right our common purpose right our common destination so these uh, okay I'm, I'm busy talking we have we have a caller okay hello Hello. Uh, welcome to Radio Salon.
2: uh Thank you. I just called. I just wanted to uh, comment on uh, the topic here. Um, you know, you you mentioned this uh, Trump's new his model of doing uh, business and getting things done. Basically, uh, just anything uh, President Obama had done. You know, just canceling it out without even having, uh, something else in place, just how dangerous, uh, that is. Uh, it was just making me think also about Hurricane Harvey and how just the day before, uh, all the devastation, how he, um, you know, canceled, you know, the funding for, uh, the emergencies and just how many, um, policies he's putting in place and how many things he's doing that are just having such a devastating impact on people and how uh, people are not, I feel, you know, I was talking to my son at school, you know, have they been talking to you today? Um, have they been talking about this DACA? Have they been talking about these things that are going on and how the kids, they're not even uh, learning about these things in school. So if they're not listening to shows like Radio Islam or watching the news and a lot of people don't watch the news now they have no idea what's going on and they're not going to be able to respond or um to uh speak truth to power so i just wanted to comment on that
0: well thank you so much and i would ask you um what what grade is your is your son in
2: he's uh in high school he's a sophomore
0: okay and did he say did he say uh, if they had been or if he received or heard anything about DACA? Are they talking about it uh, at his school?
2: He had no idea. He had no idea what it was. Um, and I think that's probably reflective of a lot, not just the children, but, you know, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if talking to adults, that they had no idea. If they're not directly impacted by this, people who are not, you know, you said this is, um, you know, I was talking to my husband a while ago. He was saying that this is, you know, an attack on immigrants, but this is not, you know, just an immigrant issue. You know, we're all Americans. We're all Americans. And um, if they can do this to immigrants and children who know nothing else but, uh, but you know, America, who've grown up here, who only in many cases only speak English, you know, and for them to be sent back, you know, I, I think it's deplorable and it's it's inhumane. Um, but our chi- children don't. They don't know about this. Many adults, if they're not directly impacted, they don't know about this either. So um, it's through shows like this and through, you know, reading and uh, the, the newspapers, which people, many people don't, you know, you read the 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 newspaper, the headlines, and you hear the sound bites, and you, you have no idea really what's going on. So I just think it's important to to keep talking about it and raising consciousness and awareness uh, because there, are just like myself, there are many people who have no idea what's going on.
0: Uh, absolutely, and to that to that point, I would also add, uh, uh, we mentioned earlier that there have been a number of walkouts and protests of of of, uh, of the repeal of DACA, and that those have taken place on college as well as high school campuses. And to hear that you have a high schooler uh, who is unaware, and they're not talking about it. That also speaks to the level of uh, the level of engagement. I think on an administrative level. Um, what are, What are your thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, I would I would definitely agree with that. Um, I was listening to a program earlier in the day uh, on another station, and they were talking about Chicago Public Schools, how the uh, now the majority that um chicago public schools will soon the majority of the student body will soon be um if i'm right hispanic um and i was like you know and the number of uh african-american teachers for example has been drastically reduced and the african-american student population has gone down but so I'm interested to know, my son does not attend a Chicago public school, I'm just interested to know the um, Chicago public schools, if they're talking about this with their students, because obviously this is definitely affecting, this is affecting so many, so many, and I would expect that it would be um, talked about and discussed in schools, because this is, like I said, it's it's affecting, it's definitely affecting uh, our students.
0: Okay well we we thank you so much for your call uh, We appreciate that perspective and um you know as long as we have uh listeners like yourselves uh who are paying attention who and who are talking to their children about it, even if they're not hearing about it in school uh, that puts us that puts us ahead It at least allows us to uh to inform and to mobilize our young people who are going to have to unfortunately who are inheriting uh, inheriting a you know a system where we are we're still fighting for what it means to be an american we're still fighting yeah. over that identity
2: okay well thank you for so, uh, talking about
0: this for the topic thank you okay thank you All right. bye bye so yes yeah, so you can you can uh, reach us at 312-750-1178 that's 312-750-1178 we would love to hear from you so Ibrahim, she brought up. Our uh, caller brought up a point I think that is that is really critical uh, throughout most social um, protest or movement. Okay, we have another call. Let's uh, let's let's. We're gonna hang on a second. I'm not gonna get into a full sentence if we uh, have somebody on the line. Sure, I will you right now. Okay. Putting the caller through now. Hello. Hello. You've reached Radio Slime.
3: Yes, I'd like to make a quick comment, uh, an observation. It seems that with all of the things that this president is doing, trying to erase the the progress that uh, former President Obama has done, uh, we still continue to put those lawmakers in office that okay all of the nonsense there's been no outcry from the people saying, you aren't going to be elected again because you're going along with things that are contrary to the people. And I just wanted to say that until we stop them, because they seem to be in agreement with him, then everything will continue to go on the same path. And that's my comment.
0: Well, we thank you very much for, uh, for calling and for sharing that with us. Uh, there is definitely... There is something definitely to be said for the uh, shift uh, in the um, uh, in our elected leaders uh, that took place uh, during or under the administration of former President Obama. And some would say that that would have been that was foreseen or that was an expected reaction from a base that felt like it was losing its hold on America. As if. America was something that was this the property of of just one particular group of people so you 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 bring up a very good point, but we definitely realize that the the landscape of our elected officials it has changed uh the electorate has been mobilized in a way that we we haven't seen since probably i think what was it the switch when we with the the Dixiecrats Um, so, um, where do you see us? How, how do we, in your, in your perspective, how do you see us moving forward? Uh, because what has to happen, it's either the elected official officials that are in there, regardless of their party affiliation, uh, they either change or they readjust their stance, uh, their stance on, on policies like DACA. So how do we, how do we engage that?
3: I think that they make decisions based on the fact that they're not accountable. And the only to be uh, only way to be accountable is that you're not reelected. If you make decisions as a representing body of of the people and and they are contrary to what we uh feel are important, then you need you don't need to be in that office. Uh people it seems are afraid to run for office because politics is really a dirty, dirty field. And the good people just sit back and say, well, I hope somebody else is going to do something. So it's, it's just really uh, good people have to, at some point, stand up. And maybe this, these things that are happening are, are things that will galvanize people to stand up and say enough and, and to start changing things. Because... The way we have it now, the people that are uh, representing us, it's all self-interest.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much. So, go, go ahead. Thank you. you gonna
3: okay. th- no, that's, it. that's all my my comment. I just wanted to say that. And thank you. I think you're doing a good job with this.
0: All right. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, you all know, ahead. when we get callers, we want to just keep them on. We, uh <laughs> <laughs> we'll just we'll just have you hang out with us for the rest of the show but uh we appreciate you calling and uh <laughs> have a have a good evening
3: <laughs> okay you too bye-bye
0: bye so uh t- to that point uh ibrahim did you have anything you wanted to add before our, before i start
1: uh um actually oh, by the way assalamualaikum well, like my, <laughs> my first time talking today um to follow up on a couple of things that we mentioned yesterday we mentioned, well actually first of all like uh, Imam Tariq mentioned, while we were doing the show yesterday there was a huge rally going on just a couple blocks away from us in downtown Chicago uh, with thousands of people. Um, ended the, the rally ended up protesting outside the ICE office in Chicago here on Congress and they actually shut down Congress Boulevard which is a huge, huge street here in Chicago because of all the activity there. Um, so we're actually talking about within hours of Attorney General Jeff Sessions making that announcement, people were already mobilized. Mm-hmm. You know, this is an amazing thing. This is a cause for optimism. Yes. Um. So that was one thing that was happening while we were actually doing the show last night. Another thing I wanted to talk about is um, NPR just a few hours ago came out with an article, uh, a fact check. Are DACA recipients stealing jobs away from other Americans? Uh-huh. Because this is kind of the objection, right? That's part of the, the motivation behind ending DACA and ending this uh, type of uh, giving refuge to people who are here without documents. Right. The question is, are, are DACA recipients taking jobs away from other Americans? Basically, to make a long story short, the answer is no. That's not true. That's a misconception. Um, they In this article, they quote the Cato Institute, which is a libertarian organization, saying, quote, the majority of DACA recipients are still students and 17% are pursuing an advanced degree. By contrast, most recipients of H-1B visas, which is the standard way to get a student visa, are between... 25 and 34 and hold either a bachelor's degree or a master's degree. In short, there appear to be a close reflection of what DACA recipients will look like in a few years from now as they complete their educations. So the notion that these are people here who are sapping our resources and uh, taking over jobs that we would have been holding, this is just not true. It just doesn't hold up. Um, In other news today... Speaker of the House Paul Ryan, according to NBC News, um, attempting in his rhetoric to kind of merge uh, the issue of DACA with the border wall, in yeah. a way, uh, to quote him, according to NBCNews.com. It's totally reasonable and appropriate, is Paul Ryan's words, it's totally reasonable and appropriate that when you take a look at the DACA dilemma, This is a dilemma that in large part stems from the fact that it is a symptom of a larger problem, Ryan said Wednesday, and the larger problem is that we do not have control over our borders, and so it's only reasonable and fitting that we also address the root cause of the problem, which is borders that are not sufficiently controlled while we address this very real and very human problem that's right in front of us. Your thoughts on that?
0: You know... This is this is that card game. I don't know if it's three card Mani or Mali or whatever, but it's it's basically it's a sleight of hand, you know, for them to mention to, to try to conflate uh DACA, uh our our immigrants that are here, that are that are working, that have made them a part of, of society, that are, you know, going to school, that are trying to better themselves. And conflate them with With crime because basically You know this whole idea of our borders Not being secured You know it lends itself to the speculation And you know we start thinking about Folks that are smuggling drugs In and um, Human trafficking and All these types of things Which no one who is here um, As a part of DACA that, That is not emblematic that is not A representation of them so You know it's that it's it's Typical political doublespeak, uh, you know, in my opinion. But to your point, what you what you mentioned, and and I think it is a it is a, a reason for optimism that the response, the mobilization uh, response has been it's been quick. It, it's it's been um, it's been impressive. And I think it's a reflection of the work that was going on even before uh, that announcement was made.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, reading Paul Ryan's quote there, it reminded me of, well, his attitude of lumping these two problems, lumping these two issues together into one thing that can be solved very easily. Mm-hmm. That reminded me of an article from last year, actually. It was written by a, a linguist, a scientist scientist's name is George Lakoff, on his blog, and it was also published in the Huffington Post, I believe. Um, the article is called Understanding Trump. Mm-hmm. So while Donald Trump was campaigning for the nomination uh, around that time this article came out one of the elements that he uh, points to in this article is now I apologize for our viewers it's getting a little bit technical here <laughs> a philosophical maybe he says George Lakoff says the linguist direct versus systemic causation I'll read a little bit about what he means he says direct causation dealing with a problem via direct action systemic causation recognizes that many problems arise from the system they are in and must be dealt with via systemic causation Um, and he goes on to say direct causation is easy to understand right when we see people oversimplifying these complex issues and appears to be represented in the grammars of all languages around the world Systemic causation is more complex and is not represented in the grammar of any language. It just has to be learned. What he's getting at here is issues such as uh, climate change, right? These are issues that one thing causes another, which leads to another, which leads to another. Some people don't want to understand things like that. He goes on to say, many of Trump's policy proposals are framed in terms of direct causation, right? A causes B and end of story. Right. So for, he goes on, for example, immigrants are flooding in from Mexico, build a wall to stop them. For all the immigrants who have entered illegally, just deport them, even if there are 11 million of them working throughout the economy and living throughout the country. The cure for gun violence is to have a gun ready to directly shoot the shooter, mm-hmm. to stop jobs from going to Asia where labor costs are lower. And, and he goes on to these oversimplifications that we see, these are due to oftentimes a lack of understanding. Uh, What he calls systemic causation Multiple phases of a phenomenon going on One leads to another and leads to another Mm -hmm. Uh, Instead, Paul Ryan's comments Really epitomizing these Is that lumping these two issues together um, What we would see as kind of a gross oversimplification Is due to this uh, feeling to understand the complexity of the situation, not only maybe the human element, mm-hmm. which I think they are trying to, to their credit, many Republicans mm-hmm. are uh, making their voices heard, but the fact remains that this oversimplification is, you know, in such important issues and such we're dealing with people's lives, it can be a very harmful thing.
0: Yeah, I, I, I agree a hundred percent, and I think, and I don't think this is cynical. I think that history bears witness to this is that one issue is presented or one reason is presented because it serves the it, you know it serves the the aims or the the desired results you know of a particular group of folks of uh, a particular group uh, of people so there's this thing uh, in I guess you could you could say it, it's a part of the, the new world that we live in, of the nation state, uh, and it's the theory of interdependence. And it's something that every politician, every statesman, every economist uh, is aware of, uh, that everything is dependent upon something else, you know, every nation. And that's why, you know, you talk about uh, trade, trade, you know why our stock exchange or you know affects the the economies you know around the world and vice versa. You know, so I think this idea of interdependence is something that is is understood, and it it gives it and it has to be looked at from a lens of uh, you said direct causation and the other is systemic right. uh, causation. That is that is exactly where this idea of the uh, of interdependence it rests in in the system it rests in systemic uh causation Mm -hmm. so when they give these direct answers like that i'm automatically i'm hesitant to you know (laughs) to even consider because i know they know that the world is a big place with a lot of moving parts you know so we um folks we are we are coming to the uh to the close of tonight's show um we want to thank our, our callers uh, that called in and share, for sharing their thoughts, their perspectives. Uh, we thank you for listening. Uh, we look forward to talking with you tomorrow. Tomorrow we're going to have uh, Bashir Jones uh, of Cleveland, uh, Ohio. He is a radio, uh, he's a known radio host. He's been on CNN. Um, quite a few different outlets. He's an author, motivational speaker, and I believe he's the uh, founder of the Bashir, Bashir Jones Foundation. He's done a lot of uh, amazing work and also one of the leaves on, on the ground of the uh, Black Lives Matter movement in Cleveland. So uh, we look forward to our conversation with him tomorrow. So uh, we want to just thank you uh, once again for... You know, for spending this hour with us, this is Radio Islam on WCEV fourteen fifty AM. Make sure you follow us on on SoundCloud, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Radio Islam USA. The thoughts, uh, the words that were presented um, tonight are those of the speakers, and not necessarily those uh, the views of our parent company, Sound Vision or Radio Islam uh, as a whole. Uh, tonight's uh, producer. Tonight's uh, eng- nice, uh, engineer has been Ibrahim Baig as well as my uh, co-host. Uh, your engineer at WCEV, Leonard. Our engineer at WCEV is Leonard. Thank you very much, Leonard, for, for keeping us on. And we look forward to talking to you tomorrow. I'm your host, Tariq Alamine, And uh, I leave you as I greeted you. as alaikum, May the peace that only God can give be upon you.